welcome back to the get a with me Nehal the audio might sound slightly different and that's because I'm in the middle of the Allegheny Mountains and Des is in York I'm not in York Des I'm is in, in Littlestown Des is in Gettysburg with the I Revolutionary War people or whatever happened over there Actually, no. Currently, I'm in an attic freezing my ass off. <laughs> it looks like some Revolutionary War type attic, though. You seem like the type of person that would live in an attic. Look, it's got a desk up here, a little computer chair, and not a million things. So. All right, so we have a couple of topics to talk about today. One of which being a really groundbreaking one that sent me into a tailspin when I heard about the news. Oh my god, I also got sent into a tailspin when I heard about uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But first, we have a few little mini topics to discuss. The first of which being people getting their bridge bridges pierced to wear frameless glasses. Now, a little fact about me. I don't go on TikTok that much, so I didn't even know that this was a thing that was happening until Des told me about this. Okay, and... before we say a thing that's happening, let's give a little bit of a disclaimer that this could possibly be fake. Um, many people have commented saying that this was just, you know, like a one-off thing or it wasn't real or something, so just a disclaimer that it could be fake. Could possibly it's be interesting fake. to talk about. Yeah. So, if you don't know what a bridge piercing is, it's basically like, you probably have seen some people with it because it's been getting more popular in recent years. But it's basically the piercing that is, as the name would imply, at the bridge of your nose. It's kind of like where your glasses would sit if you wear glasses, like the middle part of them. And it doesn't go through the bone. I thought it went through the bone. It does not go through the bone. It's just at the front piece of skin in front of the bone. And it can take a little while to heal. And it is also a trickier piercing because it is a surface piercing. So it has a higher rate of being rejected and or migrating. And basically what the frameless glasses have to do with this is that there's apparently pictures resurfacing of someone ha who has a bridge piercing and then they put in a special piece of jewelry that allows glasses to be screwed into it or connected to it. And some people are saying those pictures are old and from the early 2000s to the early 2010s. I have no idea. All I know is that this shit sounds painful and I don't know why anyone would do this. Yeah, so how we learned about this was I saw someone post about it on TikTok and they made it sound like it was recently and like a fact people were doing this. So obviously I contacted Nahal and I was like, we got to talk about this. <laughs> this. Um, yeah. So, and from what people have commented on these videos, there's some people that have said, you know, this could be early 2000s, could be late 90s from these pictures or some people are saying they saw it in 2010. So I don't know exactly what year it was 
sorts of things, but it's around that like Y2K area kind of thing. And um, I just want to say, if you have actually got this done, this is the one person, if people have thought about getting this done or are thinking about it now, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> um, honestly, you get what's coming to you if you get this and you do that. Because as Nahal was saying, it does have a very high chance of rejecting as any surface piercing does. Like that one rapper who got that diamond like implanted into his forehead. Um, that obviously rejected. And I still am so adding, confused about that. Like, why did he decide to do that? Dude, that was so much money down the drain. I, I can't. <laughs> he literally got it taken out and put it back in. And I'm like, what are you doing, Mr. Sir? Yeah, like, I'm already kind of iffy iffy with most of his piercings. Like, I think dermal, the bridge, and, you know, like a couple other small ones. You know, they make sense. They're kind of cute. You know, it, it makes sense for you to have them, and you probably have a lower chance of them rejecting. But for some of these ones, it's just, I, I can't comprehend it. And I'm a person, I have a lot of piercings. I'll get like anything pierced, as Mahal can tell you. I've gotten a lot of facial piercings. Yeah, Das actually has Das actually has a clip piercing. I can confirm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I don't put that out there for the record. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I thought about getting a bridge, but kind of back into what this is about. You're putting two heavy things of glass on your bridge and on your eyes. Um, it's going to fucking reject. And two, you're just going to drag it down. Like, I'd hate to think of all that weight just right there on the bridge of your nose. And then imagine it's if, like... Piece of skin. And then imagine if something happens and your glasses get, like, snagged. Yeah, or, like, you get punched in the face. Yeah. Because you're already getting glass in your eye, and then you're getting... Potentially your bridge skin, like the ribs or pool or something. Yeah, so I, once again, I hope, honestly, this is a fake and I hope it was just like, if anybody did it, it was just that one-off person that did it. Please do not do this. It is not a good idea. Just get a normal bridge piercing and leave it at that, please. We're going to post the pic- this picture that we found. Probably on our Twitter or Instagram or somewhere. So if you guys are curious, just look on it and then you'll see what we're talking about. Yeah. I'm so worried about how colorful. Oh. Like, also, bridge piercing and stuff aren't cheap. Like, for my system, I think it's $50 to $60 alone to get this year. Yeah. Hundred dollars to fuck up the face, and I'm not saying that in a like Republican conservative way. <laughs> like you're actually fucking up the face. But once again, it's like could be fun, could be yeah. And that hope is something quite cheap. Also, something else that is. Also kind of idiotic, but in a different way. This is a little bit of older news, but it's still kind of recent. 
the SpongeBob popsicle redesign, which I do not agree with at all. So I think everyone has seen the SpongeBob popsicle by now. It's the it's one of those popsicles that's like sold by ice cream trucks and it they also have like a few different like character popsicles. I think they had like a Spider-Man one, a Bugs Bunny one, different ones like that that kids could buy from the ice cream truck. And it was they were designed to look like the characters, obviously, and I think pretty much all of them uh, I know Spider-Man didn't, but especially the SpongeBob and I know the Bugs Bunny one did too. They had gumball eyes. And because they had gumball eyes, and because it was like a popsicle that was meant to look like a character, they were very often fucked up. And they would just not look like SpongeBob at all. Like sometimes they would have too many gumballs. Sometimes they would have only one. Sometimes the gumballs would like melt. And since they were black, it would like the black food coloring would just go and drip down the popsicle and it would look very terrifying. And so this spawned a bunch of memes of people just like making fun of how often the popsicles are fucked up and just how commonplace of a thing it is. And also how, because of that, how rare it was to find an intact one to the point that it became like a on um, a company i'm pretty sure yeah it was nickelodeon themselves who actually released official figures of the different spongebob popsicles and they were like little like blind box mystery figures so you wouldn't know which one you were getting and i'm pretty sure the rarest one accurately enough was like the one that actually was a perfect popsicle so it was like a very like just like a thing in pop culture about these Spongebob popsicles. And then disaster struck because then slowly it started changing. So first in 2016 to 2017, Canada removed the black gumballs because they were considered a choking hazard for children. I can kind of understand. I mean, they were kind of like regular gumball size, but at the same time, I don't know, maybe it could did choke on them. I wouldn't doubt it. Kids are kind of idiots. And then <laughs> they are I idiots. And so then um and the popsicle wasn't completely accurate to SpongeBob, obviously, because it was a popsicle, like the bottom half of him, the main difference was that the bottom half of him was completely red with like a little bit of a tie going up because his tire is red it wasn't like all brown which is what most like if a company is doing like a simplified version of spongebob they usually do like a yellow top and a brown bottom because those are his two main colors and i actually do know that there was like a less popular uh alternative spongebob popsicle that was yellow and brown and i'm pretty sure it was like banana flavored or something i don't know if that was made by the popsicle company or the same company that made this one but i just know that was another one that was floating around and so i think that's probably the reason why they did yellow and red to distinguish it and so then um they first redesigned this popsicle last summer which i don't even know about and they changed the eyes to make them instead of gumballs chocolate chips, which I don't understand how chocolate chips go with a popsicle. I feel like that is an atrocious atrocious combination. But I guess kids won't give a shit because it's I sweet. Mean, I, 
kinda understand them you know, some people like chocolate covered popsicles. Like if it's like strawberry and chocolate or banana and chocolate. But with the flavor of this popsicle and what it is, it doesn't really make sense. It's definitely being super chocolate chip. Yeah. And then so then just this past month, January of 2024 they announced that they were going to redesign it again and this time they changed a lot about it (laughs) as Des says it now has a sad and uncreative minimalistic style it now has I hate the minimalistic style that is going on right now in this trend and how every fucking building lacks any creativity how the orange and gray or like the stupid millennial blue that's also gray and like other all the fucking rectangles or squares and you know it's just fucking plaster and window and everything fucking boring and how all the apps now are just simple designs like simple updates and um how Taco Bell got rid of all the fun colors comes down as that little play area and now it's also gray and so many things. Okay. I hate the minimalistic style. We need to abolish that. Like, I, as someone who is very interested in graphic design and is like, I was going to say studying it. I'm kind of studying it. I'm focusing on it for part of my major. Um, I hate the overly simplified logos that every company is doing, especially the fucking Pringles logo. I feel like that looks like a mess. Mm. <laughs> Where and... are those hot little men characters they slap on everything with their little mustaches? Bring back the show. And so, yeah, I don't know why every company, I guess, like, I understand, like, oh, it's like, they think like it looks modern or whatever. I don't give a shit about that. Just let the logos be creative and fun. I don't understand why everything has to look so boring because that's what modern is. And so that's the trap that this SpongeBob popsicle fell into. So it's, it's like I said, doesn't have the gumball eyes anymore. It still has the chocolate chip eyes. And it's literally just like if you look at a picture of this thing, I'm telling you now, just like Google the SpongeBob popsicle. There's like news articles that have been written about this, and it has like the smaller eyes because obviously they're not gumballs, and it has this like one of those just like line smiles instead of before where his smile was like open and you could see like his mouth and his buck teeth, which were another one of his distinguishing qualities. And I understand, like, Spongebob does have that, like, line smile sometimes, but the way they did it, it just doesn't look right. And I think that's because he doesn't have his, like, puffy cheeks or anything else that goes along with it. And then he doesn't even have his tie anymore, so it's just a rectangle, a long rectangle of yellow on top, and then the smaller rectangle of red on the bottom. And that's it. He literally looks like the stupid version of the Nirvana logo. Yeah. Literally just the square version of that. Which I love Nirvana, but I don't want to combine Nirvana and SpongeBob. I don't think they go together. 
they don't and like I was like talking about like I don't even know if any kid would recognize that as Spongebob and I think like they probably would still know that it's Spongebob but at the same time it's like I don't think they had to simplify him so far down because his tie wasn't even that fucked up a lot of the time his mouth was like sometimes fucked up because of the teeth but it, it was mostly the gumballs I don't think they had to change anything else besides the gumballs yeah, and I was questioning the local youth today <laughs> about it, and um, one youth in particular who has a big love for SpongeBob, you, you know who it is, um, he said it was fucking stupid, basically. Um, I showed him the picture, and he, like, physically sad. Like, he could not believe that they said that to SpongeBob, and then he went on a rant about it. <laughs> so... For the people, you know, designing these things, it's something that makes you possible. Even your demographic hate what you do it. Yeah. Which is pretty sad. And these kids aren't going to want to buy it. Me personally, so, I was always excited to find a fucked up SpongeBob. Yeah. I didn't get the SpongeBob. I was more of like a Batman, Bubble, Spider Man type of kid. My cousins would get the SpongeBob, and we'd open up and be like, "Hot, it looks dumb." <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fun. A little mystery bag opening before mystery bag opening. Yeah, it was fun. It had like a charm to it. Yeah, I'm gonna surprise. Am I gonna get one that looks demonic, and I'm gonna look get one that looks so my messed up? Am I gonna get one that looks awkwardly looks like it's supposed to? Are you gonna we get biblically? Are you gonna get biblically accurate SpongeBob? Well, I can't now. <laughs> you can't no. get sad millennial SpongeBob. Literally. SpongeBob is going through his sad millennial phase, I think. Well, I don't know if you need to realize it's after time. They need to stop coding everything fucking dirty. They need to let their kids have colorful toys. They need to stop designing architecture, bring back softness architecture. Um, I need to revert McDonald's and Taco Bell and all the other fast food things into what they were fun little, really colorful buildings so you could get really unhealthy food. Um, and then you to, you know, drop off from social media. I miss the Taco Bell kids' meal. I miss the great grooves and pink and wiggly rhymes. So. Speaking of another horrific tragedy, this one actually being horrific, Saltburn. Now, Destiny, have you seen this movie? Saltburn? Um, I didn't yet. I've watched stuff on about TikTok because it's literally every other video. <laughs> which, you know, I thought which as much as it was pushing Jacob Lardy or Lordy or whatever you say, that he was yeah. going to be a bigger part of it. And then I found out that he fucking dies in it. <laughs> Spoiler! Like, oh. It's shoddy. <laughs> a warning for our viewers. I'm going to spoil this bit on here. I don't care if you watch it or not. Like, <laughs> you know, just be careful. Watch things when it comes out and then watch that up. Because I have opinions and they need to come out. And I'm not going to hold withhold them because you have to do or you haven't been on TikTok and that's spoiled for you at all. 
Takkan main Nak anak-anak tinggi Ayah ni Pernah lah Nak tinggi Tak 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 I mean, he does have, like, a decent, like, big part in it. He's, like, the other lead besides Oliver. I don't know the actor's name. Don't know, don't care. But, uh... No, he's not hot. You have some some atrocious taste. Uh, I'm not gonna argue with that. Exactly. This movie is atrocious. I hate it. So, me and some people on my dorm floor watched this movie late last night after we did like 50 other things because I think most of us have ADHD. And so it was like probably three in the morning by the time we put this movie on. And it, it was something. It it was something. I did not know anything of what this movie was about. I just know a bunch of people were talking about it on social media. And so I was like, okay, I'll watch it. Actually, no. The one thing I knew before going to it was what uh, one of my friends on my floor told me which was that there was a scene and trigger warning for just uncomfortable weird activities but there was this scene where uh oliver so jacob lordy's character jerked off in a bathtub because him and oliver like shared a bathroom because it was like in between their two rooms and jacob lordy's character jerked off I don't know why I said Jake Willoughby's character. Felix is his character's name. Felix jerked off in this bathtub. And Oliver, for some reason, was watching him through, like, the door crack. And then after Felix was done, and the water, like, not Felix, Oliver was brushing his teeth. And then right before the water drained out of the bathtub and after Felix left, Oliver just started slurping up the cum water. What? Oh my god, I would not it like that. Oh. He, he literally stuck his tongue down the drain. Yeah. And keep in mind, like, the, I don't understand, like, his character, Oliver's character, because basically the, the very rough premise of this movie, because to be honest, I wasn't paying much attention to the beginning of it especially, Oliver is a student at Oxford University and uh, the United Kingdom. I don't know what part of the United Kingdom Oxford University is in. I don't give a shit enough about the United Kingdom to find, try and figure out. But he's a student there. And so when school lets up for the summer, he doesn't want to go back and live with his parents because he has some issues going on with them. And so Jacob, not Jacob, Felix, who is also a student at Oxford, is like, oh, come and stay at Saltburn, which is his house it's like a palace i don't know why they call it saltburn but he lives there with his parents his sister and his one cousin and so he invites 
Oliver to stay with him. And then one of the characters, I think it's like the mom or something, makes a comment when Oliver first shows up there implying I forget like what exactly the line was but it implies that like um Felix brings a new guy there every summer so I don't know they didn't really go into that so I don't know if he had like some weird ritual or something but anyway so he lives there for the summer break and before he goes there and before this whole like bathroom scene happens he seems like a pretty just quiet dude and then all of a sudden he's just drinking cum water and then and then he just starts doing like other wild ass shit like he and there's his sister who has an implied eating disorder because he like the one night he sees her outside and he goes up to her and he makes a comment about how uh, she's not keeping any of her food down, so he's like, oh, tomorrow you're gonna, uh, like, eat the food, and then you're gonna sit there, I guess, so he can make sure she doesn't, like, throw it back up. And then, literally, right after that, he says, oh, I could just eat you right now. And then he proceeds to finger her while she's on her period, and she tells him that. And then he says, and I quote, you're lucky I'm a vampire. And sucks his fingers with the period blood on them. Wait, hold on. Is this the weird thing or the brother? It's uh, Oliver, the guy who's staying there. Oh, holy shit. I thought you were talking about Felix doing the same thing. I don't know. No, no, no. What? <laughs> I mean, no, it's, it's just this... fucking wild and people like says that. But I thought it was weird. Oh my god. Yeah, and yeah, so that happens. Then he sticks the fingers in her mouth and she moans and for some reason she's into this. I don't fucking know. And then he kills his family off one by one. Starting with like Des said Felix, which I still don't know how exactly he could he killed Felix. But people are saying that he yeah because Felix died at this birthday party that was being thrown for Oliver because they're all rich and they can afford to throw massive parties and they're just like hanging out in this maze and Felix is just is like drinking and then he just collapses and dies so it probably is like something to do with drugs and alcohol and then they don't find him until the next morning when they realize like he didn't get up and get breakfast and so they're all searching for him they find him in this maze the entire family is distraught and then the cousin Farley who is literally the only logical person in this movie is like making comments about Oliver and is like oh isn't it weird that he's still here because keep in mind he hasn't at that point he'd only been there for like I'm pretty sure a few months he ended up staying there for a total of six months so at this point it wasn't even six months that he was there. And so uh, Farley's trying to like point fingers at him and then uh, Oliver says something about him like I think like doing cocaine because he says like that Farley was doing lines or something and then the father orders the butlers to search his room and for some reason believes Oliver over his literal family which I don't understand. And Oliver gets kicked out 
and also before this like Oliver he yells at not Oliver Farley gets kicked out and before this he yells at Farley for not eating his lunch keep in mind they just found Felix's body and they're all just like eating lunch like it's normal and Farley obviously doesn't want to eat and then he gets yelled at for it they're reacting and stuff and what they're doing is a um foreshadowing for each of their deaths. Yeah. Like, from what I read, it's like, hmm? But I'm not that highly care. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah, so he gets kicked out and then, so he's kicked out, Felix is dead and then um, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's that night. The sister is completely drunk and she's in the bathtub when Oliver walks in and is, like, talking to her. I forget what even was the conversation that they had. And then I just, like, was focused on how weird it was that she was just naked in this bathtub and he was just sitting there talking to her. Oh, and also, forgot about this. He, like, before, like, Felix dies, before any of that happens, he comes into Farley's room in the middle of the night and literally gets on top of him. And is like, oh, you better behave and, like, saying all this shit. And then Farley just agrees to it. And is like, oh, I'll behave. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I would kick this man. I want to know who decided, yeah, we're going to produce this movie. We're going to fund this. Exactly. I don't know how this got made. Maybe what I saw the weird parts about it was that the Oliver character was like dancing around at Nathan and stuff. Yeah, that's the end of the movie. That's where I saw all the weird stuff coming from, but like, I'm mm -mm. so glad I didn't go see this movie with my money. Yeah, that's why I was like, I should just tell you, because I don't want to put you through watching this. Yeah, and like, I like doing shit, but, yeah. Yeah, so, that happens, and then, anyway, back to what I was talking about, so, uh, yeah, Farley gets kicked out, Felix is dead, and then, yeah, so back to the sister, so, they're having, like, some conversation while she's just naked in the bathtub and then he like gives her some razors and then she kills herself stand style in this bathtub can you explain the significance of stan uh so i'm referencing stan from the second it movie where he unalives himself in a bathtub and the bathtub water gets all red and then because when Des turned 16 they were in their it phase I got them as part of their present a jar filled full of cherry kool-aid and I labeled it Stan's bath water and just you know I kept that kool-aid in a jar on myself for what three years <laughs> um letting it grow its own little microbiome or whatever and I didn't get rid of it until I moved and I only got rid of it because it would not have made the drive which I'm very sad about because like 
there was some acid growing in there. <laughs> the yeah. science of Kool-Aid. Yeah, you know how to keep fans memory alive somehow. Anyway. You're a real one. Thank you. So, yeah. That's what happens to the sister. And then the father uh, has a sit down with Oliver and is like, hey, you should go. And he doesn't explicitly say it's because he's suspicious of Oliver. It can be implied that maybe he does think that. He just isn't saying it. The reason he says in the movie is because like the family, aka just the dad and the need time to grieve and Oliver tries to put up a fight and is like oh well I need to support the mom because the mom really has an attachment to him for whatever reason and then he's like oh no but like this is what's best for us like you need to go so then he leaves and then an unspecified amount of time passes before he runs into the mom at this coffee shop coincidentally enough right after the dad died but the dad died of natural causes he surprisingly enough had nothing to do with the dad's death and then the mom is talking to him and being um like oh you should come back to saltburn i don't know why you should be offering him to come back but she does and so he accepts that offer and comes back and shortly after the mom starts like dying it doesn't I don't think they say what she's dying of, but she's, like, bedridden in, like, a hospital bed in the house with, like, a bunch of oxygen tubes hooked up to her. And then, um, and this is after she, uh, signed, um, to have the estate, like, the Saltburn building entrusted to Oliver after she dies because she has no one else to give it to since the cousin got kicked out both her children are dead or her husband's dead she has no one else to give it to so she entrusts it to Oliver and so after she signs that Oliver literally like rips out her oxygen tubes and like gets on top of her and does all this weird oh wait also this other part that I completely did not mention at Felix's funeral he fully just like gets naked and starts humping the grave Oh, yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, so that's another thing that happens in the rain, and it's fucking weird. And, yeah, so he rips out the mom's oxygen oxygen tube and just lets her die. She can't even die on her own terms, like, of whatever she's already dying of. She literally, He literally murders her. And just gets on top of her and just is continuing to act weird. And throughout the movie, there's, like, pieces of this monologue that he's giving after the fact that are sprinkled in and it's kind of implied at the end that the reason he did this was because this family was so rich that they had quote-unquote had no other predators or something like that so I don't know if he did this because this family was just rich and they had no other competition so he wanted to just fuck them up I, I don't know but then the movie ends with him dancing butt-ass naked through the estate and that's Saltburn Um, which is kind of disappointing to these actors you know they've proven to be really good actors 
And I mean, I guess, you know, at that point in your career, you can accept weird fucking roles. Mainly what I got from seeing that movie from online and stuff is a bunch of rich people showing off how rich they are by doing, like, his dance in their houses. And that murder on the dance floor song being on every other fucking video. There was a management song in that movie. I mean, I understand wanting to make weird movies, but I'm all for that. Once again, I like weird movies. But I mean, it just gets to a point where you're like, do you really need to make this? Yeah, because sometimes I can understand, like, you know, maybe there's like the director had some sort of like artistic interpretation for this or some sort of vision that like it's meant to be like a metaphor for something and sometimes I can like see that after the movie is done but like literally from start to finish for this movie I was like what is the purpose of this what is the message what is the moral what did I gain from this I just don't understand why this movie who decided it other than they just wanted to make some weird ass movie that would get people talking which if that was the case it worked I mean everyone's been talking about it but at the same time it's like this is your legacy now I guess Mm-hmm. And like, I heard some people say that it's like, eat the rich kind of thing, like a payback sort of. But what they don't realize is that like, every actor in that movie is like filthy rich, and it's made by someone who's filthy rich. So why would these people be like, yeah, eat the rich? They yeah. really are rich. So it's not like, yeah, working class. It's kind of like, haha, or. Speaking of big letdown, there's also another Rick Summerhead person who severely let down their audience and their followers, and that is Melanie Martinez with her photo perfume. Um, which in around like November of 2023, he announced that he was going to release a new perfume, and a lot of people were excited for it because she had released the perfume in her crybaby era, and it did really fucking well. And from what I heard, it smells really good. And um, nowadays it goes for like. $1,500. Like an open <laughs> bottle. Like you use bottles. So it's for that much. That's how crazy people are about perfume. Which I don't get. But each their own. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand spending that much for, for perfume in general. I just use Bath and Body Works and pink perfumes, but whatever floats your boat, I guess. I, I could understand, you know, maybe having like one kind of expensive one because there's different types of perfumes. Like yeah. Perfume, Toilet, or whatever they're called. Um, and, you know, maybe if you're going for a special event or something, having just like one nice one that's going to last you. But I don't understand all this. Oh, I need this perfume. I need this one, that one. That, I don't get it. Yeah. Like, I have my own little collection of Bath and Body Works perfumes. 
oh that's when they go on sale for like three dollars during the summer yeah same or the yeah the semi-annual sales like they just had one I didn't buy any because I have too many but that's usually when I stock up I can only get mine like Christmas gifts I think yeah. I bought like one perfume during the sale yeah I think I bought one it was like a watermelon or something like Watermelon girl for twenty six. Um, yeah, the perfume. So she announced that she's gonna have four perfumes come out, and I think they're perfumes. They're a higher concentrated perfume. Um, there's gonna be four of them. Um, do the kind of collectors and just kind of are something like collectors' items because they were going to come in like a little statue of her new, uh, I guess, alter ego or character's head. Um, and from the like info that they were posting, like the original ones, uh, it looked like it was going to be a very high quality statue, like metals and stuff, and the sculpted head was going to be um, like shadows and was going to look very nice. Um, people were really excited about it. Um, and Melanie announced that the four scents were going to be Air of Clarity, which is like a caramel coconut scent, um, earthly abundance. Which is like a dainty jasmine, vanilla, lavender kind of thing. Fiery passion, which is like a strawberry, pink, honey, vanilla. And then water and glisten, which is sandalwood, amber, airwood, vanilla. Which I don't really get that for water. Personally, I don't really think that correlates with water in my mind. Yeah. Because. Like, when I think of water, I think of, like, cucumbers and stuff like that, but I guess different people have different interpretations. Yeah. Um, they are vegan, cruelty-free, and ethically sourced, so, according to the website. Um, and they were each 15 milliliters, which is not that much. Yeah, like... I'm gonna... Let's see, because I was looking at, like, images of this perfume, which you can find images of it on the website and also on Reddit. People have been uh, talking about it, but they didn't even look like they were the same size as a thing of travel size perfume, which is kind of concerning, considering how much you were paying for it wasn't isn't it like four hundred dollars or something no so i can't say too much about currency in other countries i think someone from australia or somewhere else has said it ended up coming up to four hundred dollars um in u.s though it cost two hundred and seventy five dollars yeah so but with uh, yeah and 
the reason why a lot of people were so upset about how expensive this perfume is is because the quality of the figurine is not that good. So, it, hold on, I'm still looking for the how big a travel size perfume is. Yeah, and while I'm finding that out, um, also the actual perfume themselves, the bottle that it comes in, is literally like a butt plug. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be surprised if someone else was looking up there. Okay, yeah, so I found it. Uh, this one travel size perfume I'm looking at says it is 10 milliliters, so these are not that much bigger than a travel size perfume you would buy from like Sephora or Ulta or something, which is kind of concerning, but yeah, one of the main reasons people were obsessed, uh, not obsessed, upset about uh, this perfume was because the actual like figurine of the character that holds the perfumes was very bad quality like you could see where the front and back uh pieces of the head had been like uh what is the word fused together and you could see that little line it wasn't like sanded down at all and weren't uh people saying that it was like made of plastic or something Yeah, so you would expect for something, and especially from, like, the images that were shown online on the website, it looked very high quality. It looked like it was going to be made out of, like, nice materials, and then people get it, and it's just not. And how are you, as an artist, as someone that has a lot of fans, going to just let your fans down like that, especially after... You had such a high with your previous perfume and people have such high expectations for your perfumes now. And I also don't get it because you would think like you're putting this out. You want to be like proud of it. You know, you want it to be high quality so it can be something that you're proud of, especially since it's like this unique character. It's something that's an embodiment of your work, too. So why wouldn't you want it to be high quality so it could be something that you're also proud of and that your fans can also have as like a nice little like collectible thing like I just don't understand it yeah and even if like it was a fault of like the people who physically make it like the distributor or whatever I feel like um you know coming out and saying hey guys like this isn't what I was selling the product was going to be um you know I thought it was going to be better high quality just like try to talk about it and, you know, kind of own up to it, maybe. Yeah, because... From what I've seen, there's been a lack of that, and even kind of a defensive part. Yeah, because as, like, a celebrity who is, like, working with a company to make this perfume, like, yeah, I can understand, like, sometimes that can be intimidating, and, like, sometimes, like, companies can be difficult to work with, but, like, you're responsible for vetting out a good company and then once you find that company, like, actually communicating with them to make sure the product you're, that they're producing is the product that you want and that it's not this, like, letdown, especially because of how expensive it is. That's another thing is because of 
how expensive it is it's like how is this not better quality because then now you're overpricing it for what it is like four little tiny perfumes in a cheaply made container so you're just completely scamming your fans out of money because I don't think there's any way that should cost over $200 for the quality that it is. And I'm like, at the end of the day, no matter whose thought it was, you are the face of this. You are the one who's putting out this part of this as this is my own, selling it to people who are fans of you. So no matter what, you are going to be the first person that has to take responsibility for this. That if it's not the best card that it can be, no matter if it's your fault or not, it's even just for Melanie, it's literally like every other person who puts out a product for something, you are going to be responsible, no matter if it was a fault on your end or not. Because you're supposed to be people to buy this. You are the one promoting and endorsing them. So yeah. if you thought it was, if you didn't know it was going to end up like this or not, it's still your responsibility to take accountability for it. Yeah, because you're the face of this perfume and so you need to have that foresight to know that like okay if this is shitty it's gonna be on my end like I'm gonna be the one feeling the blame for it because I was the one who was supposed to make sure it's good like this literally and I was telling Des about this this literally reminds me of the Trisha Paytas skincare scandal which I don't know if anyone else has heard about this, because Des didn't, and Des knows everything, but the thing with the Trisha Paytas skincare is a few years ago, Trisha collaborated with this LA esthetician, uh, this lady that does like a lot of like facials and skincare stuff for a bunch of famous celebrities, and she has her own company. She collaborated with her to release a skincare line and it was just absolutely trash like people were getting their orders and packages were leaking things were just not like packaged properly or safely and then people were using the skincare and it was um having horrible reactions to their skin to the point where one girl who used the skincare actually got a chemical burn from it that she had to have treated that, you know, obviously the company didn't cover because they didn't want to take the fucking blame for that. So it was just a fucking mess. And the website was full of lies. Like it was saying like it's suitable for all skin types, but yet it had fragrance in it. And if you know two things about skin, anything that has fragrance in it is not going to be suitable for all skin types because fragrance can be a very common irritant for a lot of skin types, especially people with sensitive skin like I personally have sensitive skin I can't use a lot of like face or body products with fragrances in them outside of like perfumes and stuff because it irritates my skin sometimes so you saying that it's suitable for all skin types when it's not is dangerous and they also a lot of the products didn't have like complete ingredients lists lists on the websites and it was just a whole mess of a situation. So, like, that's literally the only thing I can compare this perf- Melanie perfume situation to. And I feel like with Trisha, it's almost a little bit more not forgivable, but expected because of how problematic she is 
And since she has a reputation for not caring about her fans. But Melanie, for the most part, actually seems to give two shits about her fans. So it's just even more perplexing why she would do this. Yeah. And, you know, she's been on a kick lately. I think it's been about her music video thing that, you know, she's self-producing all of these music videos. She's paying out of pocket and stuff. Which, you know, if you're doing the same and this is like a passion project or something, it's something you've been wanting to do for a while. And you know, like right now, you might not have the funds for it, for it to be the best that it can be. Like, you have to work with a company that's maybe at corners, or, you know, if you're not completely sure this is going to be the best that it can be, wait. Wait for a little while. Save up more money. Or release a new album, or a single, or something to get that funded for you. Yeah, you don't. Know, it's even going to fall and bite you in the ass. Yeah, don't cut corners with stuff like this because it will come back and haunt you. Like, people don't just let go of stuff like this. Exactly. And, like, I can understand, like, maybe some of these cuts not being, you know, completely standard down or, you know, even the, like, face itself not being, like, a metal or anything, the plastic, that's fine. If it's, like, a nice, clean plastic, it'll still feel, you know, a little luxurious. But the fact that the eyes don't different directions and there's four of them each looking in a different direction like that that's all that that's yeah. it's the thing when like the original photo that was released that announced the first year was so pretty like the eyes were really gorgeous they all looked in the same direction the colors matched very well the bottom face part was nice and shiny and that's what a lot of people like bought it for and pre-ordered for, for that picture because of how nice it looked. And like at the end of the day, sure, the curtains might be small and like you know, oh my god, but you know, if they smell good and when it's coming and looks nice, I don't think anyone would have really minded. Yeah. Because from what I heard, um, the like actual scents are a win for most people, especially the uh. Firing passive one, that's a lot of people's favorite because of the self-esteem. So, moving from one heartbreak to another, Matthew, what is his middle name? Matthew Robert, Matthew Robert Patrick is Matthew Matthew. Matthew Pathew, as Des so lovingly calls him, mm-hmm. is leaving the internet. Now, I'm sure everybody knows about this because it's been everywhere since he announced it. And I have still not processed it because I refuse to believe it is real. So, oh, yeah, I haven't accepted or acknowledged it either. So, Matt Pat, I'm sure pretty much everyone knows who he is. He is behind the famous theory channels most people know him for game theory he also has film theory food theory style theory and he's he's most well known for his theories about five nights at freddy's and des you want to share your opinion on those theories um yeah i actually would really like to share my opinion about that okay so we all know that Matthew, Matthew, Snap, and I'm going to also add Markiplier. They're all very popular. 
and you know for their respective reasons and then also because of the series first not and Mark's commentary on the game. Um I thoroughly believe that the game last franchise, I guess it is now, would not be as popular as it is if it wasn't for game series and Mark Acquire. Um I don't really like using this good yet. You could say that uh it could be said also about uh FNAF, well not that, but Mark Acquire and Matthew Patio because a lot of their things are coming from Snap. But I really don't find really that too much because Mark was already popping off from his amnesia gameplay. Um and Matthew Patio, you know, his Mario and Sonic series were pretty popular at the time. Uh and personally I watched Mark because of his last of us gameplay. And then I slowly started watching his uh, Snap stuff because of uh, YouTubers react, I think. funny because if you go back and watch his original uh FNAF theory like his very first one he mentions that he tweeted out asking people like if they would like a theory on Five Nights at Freddy's or Slenderman and people voted overwhelmingly for Five Nights at Freddy's because this was around the time the first game came out and there was a the top comment on that video when I watched it said he would have still had a San and Avery text Slenderman, and I think that's an accurate statement because Matt poured a lot of work into those FNAF theories, and it's it may sound rude, but actually it's kind of admirable how hard he went for that game. Yeah, like this uh, year made over fucking 90 videos just on Snap alone. 90 fucking videos. More than that. Talking about animatronic affairs. And like you know, he got to say that because Scott Cawthon wrote a book where Matt popped that fucking end cred by animatronic and gave birth. It's kind of iconic on Scott's part. I'm not going to lie. 
Yeah, I just the and that's another thing is like the FNAF books were like a whole other can of worms, and Matt went in depth on those two. Like he just <laughs> scraped every inch of this franchise looking for anything. I also like to think he kind of, you know, not knowingly kind of created the storyline behind Snap because it seems like every time Matt came out with a theory that it made sense, Scott Cawthon would be like, nope. And like another game where those theories were blown out of the water were not, you know. So like unknowingly and not meaningfully, like Matt could also kind of contribute to the storyline. I think he could be part of it. Yeah. And so then the FNAF movie, which just came out last year, uh, Matt was actually in it, which he put on this whole show about not being in it because I guess he just wanted it to be a surprise and didn't want people to know. Um, He even, I didn't even know this, he went as far as crying on camera because he wasn't invited to any of the events or showings for the movie. And at first, obviously, a lot of people believed this and felt bad for him, but then they remembered that he's a fucking theater nerd. And they were like, oh, he's probably just lying. And he was, because he was in the movie. He didn't actually have a major part in it. He was just a waiter named Ness in one of the scenes. I would have liked to see him play a bigger part, considering... Uh, how influential he is to this game, but maybe Scott had some beef with him. I mean, as I said, they go back and forth with each other. Yeah. yeah. Um. Although, when the movie did come out, he started posting like right away that you know behind the scenes what his. And at the time, many of you probably know there was a strike going on with the actors and the writers. Um, and one of the rules, I guess, of like a film strike or whatever, is you're not allowed to like advertise or really talk about it because you know that's making people want to go see the movie, and that's kind of the you know contrary to what SAG AFTRA ones is like they don't want to give free advertisement for these production companies and stuff because they want their rights, which is understandable and I fully agree with it. Um and a lot of people were upset with Matt because you no, know, he's very clearly tried being an actor, um, with how many productions he was in and you know him just now being in the movie, which he said no, the rules and not to be a slabber. And, you know, could have waited a little while to post about his experience. Well, I don't think it was malicious. Um, I do think it's something that you should learn from. And, you know, maybe you're afraid from in the past. Hopefully there's not another strike. Um, but, you know, in case there are any does not happen, just think about that in the future. Yeah. And... So then, January 9th, 2024, is when tragedy struck. Matthew Patrick released 
a video that was simply titled Goodbye Internet. And I feel like, not I feel like, I know, just from the title and from the thumbnail, a bunch of people understood what this video was going to be. And it was, in fact, a goodbye video, like a announcement that he is retiring from YouTube, retiring from the theorist channels to focus on his own life. Apparently, I didn't watch the video because I didn't have the goal to. Apparently, he mentioned doing this on us. Yeah, um, I kind of watched bits and pieces of it, so I didn't have time to sit down and fully watch it. But when we with the honest thing, it was saying, like, you know, we can, we can learn from that channel and what it taught us is, you know, uh, basically, you don't live forever and not get really stuck on things. And I don't really remember too much, but I just remember being excited that he mentioned something on us. Besides the marketing season, like on the anniversary, no one talks about it anymore. <laughs> and if you know me in the hall, that was our shit back in the day. It was. And yeah, so he announced that he's leaving. He, his reason for why he is leaving was basically that he, even though he has loved being able to make the theories and being able to have you know this as a job be this being youtube and you know it's been a great time for him he doesn't like some aspects of it which is like the late nights the like you know all the work that goes into the scripts it's just very draining for him i'm pretty sure is what he was trying to say and so because of that he actually wants to have like a life where he can spend time he also mentioned his son which his son i'm pretty sure is five years old now and he wants to be able to actually spend time with his son while he's young and not be so buried in work all the time especially since he and also his wife stephanie both do work for the theorist channels so they want to be able to have a life where they can just you know enjoy time with their kid and actually have a family life instead of it just all being about work. Like, he mentioned that him and Steph, like, whenever they would sit down for dinner, they would just talk about work. They could they wouldn't really talk about anything else because there was just so much to do all the time with the channels. And so he just wants to have, like, a normal life where he can enjoy it and not just have to be so buried in work all the time, which is definitely understandable, especially for how much work he put into those channels. And so he said that in the next 10 weeks from when that video was released, there will be nine final theories. And on March 9th, 2024, the final video made by Matt will be released. And at that time, the channel will have a big going away party. And if you're wondering what's going to happen to the channels after Matt leaves. The other staff members are going to take them over. So if you watch the channels, you may know them. If you don't watch them, you probably don't know the other staff members. But he has, like, different uh, heads of the different channels. I forget who's the head for game theory. I think the person who's the head of film theory is... It's no, it's not Dan. I forget the person who's the name of film name head of film theory. Um, I know the head of food theory is Santi, and the head of style theory is Amy. So I'm pretty sure 
the heads are going to be the ones that are going to be taking over their respective channels, and that's how they're going to continue them. However, me and Des kind of talked about this, that, like, it's possible that the channels won't be nearly as successful without Matt there, not just, and not even just because of, like, a comfort thing, because me, personally, if I watch a theory video and it's not Matt that's speaking, it just feels weird and I don't watch it. Like, I remember there was this, he did a video on Just Dance, and at the time, I think, like, his voice was fucked up or something, so one of his other staff members did the voiceover for that video, and I just clicked off of it, because I was like, no, this is this is incorrect. No hate to whoever that was, I just, it's not right to me. And, like, I fully support these other people coming in and taking over. I wish them nothing but the best. I hope they are very prosperous. I'm sure they will do an amazing job. For me personally, I don't really watch solely because of the theories or experiments or gameplay and stuff that they do, like in the live channel. It's more of I like Matt and his charisma and how he's able to, um, you know, portray these things, I guess. That's mainly where that means. Like when I was younger, of course, it was Matt. I was like, oh my God. Not a bit, and it's real, but this is the real Smash story. Obviously, I've grown out of that. Um, and now I'm where I watch it just because I genuinely like that and how he's able, you know, act out these little videos and stuff. And, like, no, I don't, I don't watch the videos that other people do. Um, I just don't really care. It doesn't really catch my interest. And it's like the same thing that, uh, what, that's what the name Hank Green and John Green. They're like the videos that they do. Um, that we had to like watch in science class and like this, you know. Like, I like them, but when it's other people doing them, it just doesn't feel the same. Not that it's bad, it's just not something that I'll really test my. Yeah. And, yeah, so it's possible that, um, you know, if people really do, because obviously Matt will still make money and revenue from the channels, even though he's not um, actively, like, voicing or, like, doing work, he'll still be receiving money because it's his channels, even though he sold it to some company, which I didn't even pay much attention to that, but... He He talked about it. Um, that was like the center of his um interview with Anthony Padilla. And I know he made a video on the Game Theory channel about it being like, Oh, I sold the channel. I forget what it was called, but it, it I think it was called like this channel's not mine anymore or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he sold the channel. Him and Anthony talked about it because obviously Anthony fucked up selling Smosh. Um Yeah. So, yeah, uh, and then he also mentioned it in the, like, goodbye video that, like, that's um one of the reasons why he sold the channel was because he knew he would be stepping away. Like, he had this in his mind for a number of years that he would be stepping away. He just didn't know when it would be. And, um, yeah, so he'll still make money from it, but, um, and Des was, like, uh, pointing this out that it's possible that he could come back if the money drops. 
of a lot like, of people. Not just, uh, you know, drag at him and all. I say it about a lot of YouTubers. <laughs> Dan and Phil. Which I don't mean that in a negative way. Um, no, you, you do mean it in a negative way. Fuck the queers. No. <laughs> we have a running joke with Dan and Phil that I'm not enemies <laughs> with them. I have nothing against them. So if you want to know me in seventh grade, you would have known that I was a terrible little family. <laughs> Nowadays, I'm not. Um, and I do very much like them. It's just a running joke we have. <laughs> um, I'm not homophobic, clearly. <laughs> um, but, you know, it does seem like a lot of YouTubers go like, yeah, you know, I'm taking a break or I'm leaving and stuff. And then a little while later, you come back and they have this great union and stuff and you find a coat because all the money is working out. But I do feel that Matt will stay away. Not in like a negative way, but you know, I want him to be able to raise his son. And you know, him and Stephanie because I have been doing that for a long time. Yeah. You put a lot of work into these videos. Yeah. And there has been some discussion um, since also Tom Scott um, recently mentioned that he was going to be retiring too, which Matt also mentioned in his video that Tom Scott making that video got him to start thinking about his own retirement. And there's been some discourse on Twitter of people talking about how like these people are like, retiring even though like most people um because it was especially sparked by um I saw under a Jacksepticeye tweet that I'll get to in a second where he was talking about how oh now that I think about it I um in reference to MatPat's video like oh now that MatPat mentions that I've always been doing YouTube for literal third of my life and then someone mentioned underneath that tweet like oh well most people do their jobs for most of their life and so that like sparked a discussion about how like you know most people in like quote-unquote normal jobs work until they're like 65 but a lot of youtubers and a lot of content creators don't usually work for that long mainly because content creation doesn't work like that you can't just work at like a normal nine-to-five job until you're 65 and it just be the same you kind of have to think a little bit differently about it and it can also take a lot out of you to um because even though people might think like oh it's such a much easier job you know you can just work whenever you want have your own hours do whatever you want like it's so much easy like why are you retiring early and it's like well no it's actually pretty draining like you have to be on 24 7 even if you're not actively making content you're probably on you know social media on tiktok or twitter like instagram somewhere interacting with fans posting other content uh checking comments stuff like that checking dms you're navigating sponsorships navigating you know other business decisions and it's just like a constant thing that like 
it's very, very hard to turn it off. Like, even if you go on vacation, you're probably still thinking about content and what to do with your content and what's next and stuff like that. So it's not really a thing that, like, you can just clock in and out of. Like, it's for a lot of people, especially the ones that are very dedicated, it is a 24-hour job. And so it's not really like a these people are retiring early. It's like, yeah, they're retiring early in terms of age, but if you look at the work they've put in, it's probably similar to what a 65-year-old would have worked in terms of, like, hours and just the amount of effort. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of understand that personally, my opinion different, which me and Nahal have talked about. Um, you know, I don't care what anyone says. I understand that content creation and video and production for YouTube can be, you know, kind of awful and be a lot. But, you know, I come from a family of like blue collar workers and my family being very poor to the point where they gotta work a lot just to keep a roof over their heads and stuff. And I don't ever compare to what people in my family had to do with their jobs. Like, um, I've had family members who are literally losing, like, hearing and sight because of their jobs and how demanding they are. Um, I've had family members who don't get to see their family a lot because of how much they have to work. And, like, personally, my grandfather, you know, some of us think that he kind of worked himself in some earlier days just because of how hardworking he had to be, and how hardworking he was. And while I do think that, you know, creation is a very cooling job, it can't compare to the quote-unquote normal jobs that 95 of the world has to do. And, like, so you may be doing a lot of work, but you're also making more money from a video than quote-unquote normal people will ever see in their life. Um, you know, you're going on trips around the world, getting things sent to you, you know, just getting these experiences that many people will never experience in their life. Um, a lot of these creators end up having their own TV shows, doing movies, this and that, and there's people literally starving on the street trying to be the one thing to credit them. And, you know, try to break into the afterworld and stuff. So while yes, I do think it's a hard job and it does take a lot out of you, um, you also have a lot of privilege and opportunity to kind of step away from it than more people will ever have in their life. Um, yeah. They also have, you know, the ability to be like, oh, I'm taking a mental health break and, you know, I'm going to be away for a couple weeks or months or whatever. Kind of like some people don't get to see that. They don't get to say like, yeah, you know, I'm going to pull out a work for a month because I'm having a mental health crisis. And yeah, I just don't want to do it. And I think it's just me, you know, those people have to go to work or offers and at home. These people have a lot of money. And, you know, I'm not saying this about like Matt or Jack or whatever. You know, they work for what they got. And, you know, they do come off like they understand their privilege that they have from being successful from this. And like, people like Mark, Mark, Mark constantly doing 
money is charity, to come from raising awareness and stuff. You can see that, you know, they're taking this life that you got and they're using it today. But a lot of other creators and influencers, I won't name names, don't. And they kind of complain about it. They're like, yeah, I gotta work a nine to five to get stuff, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, you have on clothes that I won't be able to afford ever in my life. Like, you will come to That may be controversial, my opinion, but you know, that's how I feel. Yeah, and a lot of other, you know, obviously it is just a matter of opinion, and I feel like it is also like a subject of debate whether or not um you think being an influencer specifically youtuber because i don't even want to get into tiktokers being a youtuber I'm is talking about tiktokers when i say they need to talk because these tiktokers they have problems like at least with youtube you have to sit there and you know edit and record for a while these people gotta record five seconds of videos and they make like 10 grand they gotta dance that's my guess. If you think your life is hard, <laughs> sorry, but that's my go cry about it. And these are the people that won't donate money to charity, won't raise awareness, won't do shit with their shit doing, but you find that they get too much PR and they don't know what to do. Yeah, so it is kind of like a, a subject of debate, but you know. It can be draining, and it can be understandable why some people would want to retire, and MathHat is not the only one doing it. You know, I mentioned Tom Scott a little bit earlier. He recently announced his retirement. He is the only other person that I can think of at the moment. Uh, I think Stampy, Stampy, um... Oh, yeah, Stampy. Oh, yeah, I was never a stampy kid growing up, so I just completely forgot about that. But yeah, uh, he's also leaving, which, you know, it is a shame because a lot of people grew up with these YouTubers, especially Stampy and Matt Pat, and so to see them leave is obviously a very hard thing for a lot of people. But at the same time, especially for Matt, no shade to Stampy. But especially for Matt, it is a very well-deserved and understandable venture that they would want to step away from it. And, you know, when thinking about others that might follow in Matt's footsteps, Mr. Sean William McLaughlin, uh, you know, he made a tweet soon after Matt Pat released his video uh, talking about, like I said earlier, um, he mentioned how uh, Matt made him realize that he'd also been doing YouTube for a third of his life and this made a lot of people including me very nervous that he is considering retiring from YouTube if Jack ever does retire from YouTube I think I will actually end my life because I love that man I love his videos even if I don't watch them that much anymore I will cease to exist if he stops uploading. That's cool. And like, I was saying it too. 
he better not be in Denver. And where I was really saying it was fucking Markiplier. Because Markiplier, that dude, I'm only here today because of Markiplier. That dude got me through the worst years of my life. And, you know, was like a solid male figure. I could look up to which is very sad. <laughs> which I think is why a lot of people are upset about these YouTubers requiring this because, you know, even though it's a little parasocial and kind of weird, people people that, you know, a lot of kids that didn't have strong, like, parental figures or even positive role models in their life looked up to and it was a distraction from all the bad things that were going on in their life. Like, I won't get into me, but I was going to just really start it in my life. And, you know, just being able to watch a Markiplier video, you know, like, so good, I'm making a snack or so simulator or something. It really helps with, like, getting me through my little pre-conception and teenage brain. Which is Markiplier. I don't know why I don't want to I'm gonna have to read the whole fucking announcement. If I even get the word, like, starting with Q, I'm out. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Y'all better play my funeral. Yeah, so hopefully they still stick around for at least a few more years. I would hope. I know Jack said in a video, I think it was like a few years old by this point, but I think. Uh, he did say in a video that he has he worked himself to the bone. Um. Also, which I'm not gonna get into that because that's not what this conversation is about. But um, he also worked himself to the bone, and then he figured out a better schedule for him in terms of YouTube stuff. And he said that like he has now figured out how to have like the you know the fun side of his life while also having youtube in his life and he's gotten a better balance so hopefully that means he won't be going anywhere yeah. i can help and when i talk about people you know into this complaining about their work at all i don't ever mean jack mark matt like these youtubers who you can tell put a lot of work and dedication into it because they generally have a pattern not because yeah. they want to be fucking little Twink YouTubers are like, don't you make it look like that? Awful. This is why people think you're homophobic. I'm not. Um, but yeah, I never mean YouTubers like that. You can tell that, you know, they have a passion for this and they generally want to do this because they think it'll make a difference. Um, some other YouTubers on the other hand, no. but you know, Mark and I'm like, and you know, they don't find me very funny. They generally just, you know, have privilege. And you know, they figure out how to make it work for them. And they don't go complaining about it every five seconds. So, and you know, it's, it's like there's a match and wanting to subscribe, but he has more time to share me, but it's very respectable. Yeah. Um, this place is making me really unfucking loser YouTube. Yeah, so this 
seems as good a time as any to wrap things up. Yeah. Uh, moral of the story, appreciate MatPat while you still have him in your life. Uh, appreciate Dan and Mark. Dan and Mark, what? Mark and Jack, while they're still around. You mentioned gay people so many times, I got Dan Howell in my brain. Yeah, but Dan and Mark. I don't know. Dan and Uh, Yeah, appreciate Jack and Mark while you still have them. And please, for the love of God, do not watch Saltburn. Thank you and so also, much. If you didn't see something, make sure it's not a piece of shit. Yeah. And if it is a piece of shit, don't make it cost on the headline. And also, you know, if there's anything you said, any topics that you disagree with, or something you don't like, what can we tell them to do? So, Get a fucking hobby. So, with that being said, if you want to keep up with us, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter, even though I honestly forget about Twitter most of the time. Don't worry. And I post on Twitter. Yeah, Des is our resident social media manager. Mm. That's why they live in the attic. Oh my god. I don't live in an attic. <laughs> I'm just currently in one because there's not a bunch of sleeping people around. I don't want to take anyone else. Because we like to report our podcast at the butt of the night. And whose fault is that? No one, because you're a busy person <laughs> and I'm a busy person. Exactly. I'm not saying it's anyone's fault or it's a bad thing, it's just the time we record. Anyway, with all of that, we will see you guys in two weeks for the next episode where we talk about God knows what. Yeah, and once again, if you ever have any questions, anything you want to go over, you can always leave us a comment. Um, there's a harass us. Yeah, harass us. Um, there's a Q&A you can answer. Um, you know, make a TikTok. Ask them if they do something, and we will gladly do it for you guys. Um, Within reason. Yeah, you gotta follow and subscribe to the OnlyFans <laughs> if you want anything crazy. Excuse me, you're the one with the OnlyFans. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for watching. Um, we hope you liked the episode, and if you didn't, get a fucking out. Goodbye. Bye.